Welcome everyone to the Pog State episode two. I brought you here to this boardroom because we need to have a discussion. There has been some issues. We discussed it on the last episode. Um, look, drafting has been a problem. It continues to plague us. There are some shining lights, but otherwise things are still looking dire. So we need to have a bit more gravity to this week's episode. So we're going to keep it extremely serious. <laughs> you can't even you can't even say it with a straight yeah, face. Really. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, I'm Atlas. This is LS. We are your hosts for this glorious podcast, the podcast that you guys had a lot of feedback for, and um, thank you so much for that. Uh, it was it was great to read through all your comments. So many uh, positive things. So it warmed our hearts uh, over the last couple of weeks while we were reading them. Um, but we have addressed some. We had a lot of people talking about. Uh, the cuts and edits, man, it was like so incredibly divided. I feel yeah. like half our viewer base, half of you guys were like, we love these edits. And the other half was like, it's stupid. Get it out of there. <laughs> um, but what we've done is we've decided that we're going to actually separate the audio and the video versions yeah. um, of the show. So we're going to have like a few more of the cuts and excitement in the, the video portion of the podcast. Whereas in the audio version, it's going to be basically just everything that we've spoken about. It depends on how you want to consume it, but I think that this will, you know, alleviate the turmoil uh, between the two camps of edits versus no edits. Um, thanks for everyone who requested that we film this in the bathroom. Unfortunately, due to audio, um, <laughs> bathroom going to be a little bit too echoey. And um, also, I know the audio was a little bit weird on our first, uh, first episode for audio only. And uh, that will be cleaned and tidied. Um, but I do, um, now that you've made it all this way through the podcast, we appreciate it. And in order to show our appreciation, we have a bit of a giveaway here. You may have witnessed this super sweet rapid Timo, uh, which I actually tried to like look up on Google. I found like some like random little pictures of, uh, of this, but otherwise it's really hard to find. It's Korea exclusive alongside this True Damage calendar for 2020 which is also a career exclusive and uh we will be giving these away um what i want you guys to do is leave in the comments below just a marketing spiel for the pog state because i'm not very good at marketing this guy is pretty good uh let sell out himself uh is uh, is pretty good at it i'm pretty terrible so i need some tips and so for I think the top five best marketing spiels mm -hmm. for the Pog State will be giving uh, the first, the best one will get the Timo, and then the and and also a calendar, and then the next four will get this uh, sweet True Damage calendar. I got one of these, and uh, I've been using it. I like it. Big fan. So yeah, up for grabs is super adorable. I don't know whether you can zoom in uh, on his on his little face there. But it sort of looks like prestige edition, by the way. Yeah, it does. It's, it's but he's cool. a rapper, and actually, so he's got to have his chain. His chain's out. out here. But he's so not a rapper. Like, a, like the little X. Atlas. It's called Rapper Timo. But he's not a rapper. Maybe they spell it with an. You R. don't even know that. Jeez, you're you're no. ancient. You're actually just a fossil. <laughs> Which actually, fossil? Am I like a helix Pokemon? or a yeah, fossil? Yeah, I, was, I knew where, you knew where I was going with that one. <laughs> Oh, and you man. like how I referenced the yeah. original ones as well. We do need to do the disclaimer again. What? Uh, th these are, of course, like 
our opinions, blah, blah, blah. This is my shirt, blah, blah, blah. We do have our own mic arms now. Didn't need to bring mine from home. So things are just constantly stepping up. They're on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do want to do a bit of like a highlights recap of uh, what's happened so far. Just for you guys, uh, I know this is going to come out a little bit later, but it is currently Saturday before the matches. Yes. So we are almost halfway through, or we are, no, 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 we are more than halfway through uh, week two, and we just had APK versus Griffin in uh, as our final match of yesterday. Yes. And so going into sort of a week and a half of LCK, I guess this is uh, what we're what we're left with, and what we're going to have to adjudicate our teams on. And uh, already, I can see you're champing at the bit to get out some of your frustrations. No. So, how do you, based on like what uh, what we were talking about? We had a very lengthy uh, draft discussion in the first episode. If you missed yeah. the first episode, you can just you know click on it. It's probably like over there somewhere. I don't know. In your, I don't know. Just click on the channel. Anyway, we spoke about draft like a lot. And how do you think our teams were able to adjust from uh, your expectations of um, the drafting? I, I think Hanwell Life uh, continued to show up with creativity. Yeah. Um, however, I, I think that the, the general thought, though, is that a lot of teams... Well, it's hard to say regress because in order to, in order to regress, I, I feel like uh, you have to be conscious about the regression, and I, I just don't think that there's anything conscious going on mm-hmm. in terms of the drafts. And so, some teams are just arriving at draft victories, al- although it's unintentional. And then some teams are. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know what to to really say about it. Mm. Um, and it, it it's more sad when we're again we're we're almost done with week two now. And some of the stronger teams have actually just continued to lose drafts. And it, it, it's so bizarre when the teams and the players end up being at innate disadvantages before the game even starts. And it's also really weird when you get drafts that they, you, you, can, you, can, you can tell that the players are, are making decisions probably inside. Obviously, we don't have uh, mic checks or... Well, I mean, we have mic checks in the LCK, but uh, we, we, yeah, like me we and you, can't necessarily don't fully know what is really context, being yeah. said on stage. But when you when you look at the APK versus Griffin drafts, you just wonder what is really being said on the stage. Why are we drafting like it's solo queue or, or something? There, yeah. There's no cohesion, and the games yesterday were they were insufferable, and I think that was the the. The general consensus. Yeah, this uh, is like from we're, Twitch we're, chat, Reddit, yeah. Twitter. I mean, those were. So we're we're referring to uh, Friday's games uh, of week two. Uh, not sure when this is going to be aired necessarily, but that's the that's the day we're talking about. We had Damwon versus Genji, which were like two thirty-minute stomps, actually. But the drafts were super strange. We had like back-to-back Nar games for Nogari. Uh, as his like oh Don Juan traps were awful. It was very very weird. They were they were <clears throat> I think so. Do you think this has something me. to do with like scrim culture uh, in Korea or something like that? Because it seemed like Nogari was sure that Na was his counter pick into set, but honestly, he then went and built like a lot of flat HP. Na in- inherently in a team fight is largely a bad idea into set given the fact that he does damage based on max health one, one i mean it, it was very the, odd the game one draft uh 
Damwon, they open B1 as Aphilios, and then the response by enemy team is, is uh, R1, R2, Misfortune, and Set. And then Damwon elect to respond here with Orianna and Nautilus. And even though I'm not a, I'm not a very big fan of Nautilus, Orianna and other stat checkers are, are basically coming back into the meta. Yeah. And then at that point, what ends up being the response is Azir comes in as, a, as another stat checker. And so we sort of have a handshake going on in mid lane and then the r4 ends up being a brom which i, I just think is insufferable and then the the response uh, by damwon with all those players on stage is to is for some unholy reason to b4 b5 ivern nar <laughs> as if it as, as if it makes any sense whatsoever and the ivern pick is a little bit interesting but then as soon as the game ends up starting canyon doesn't seem to I have no idea how how much he's actually played Ivern, mm. but it, his ocean his opening route was awful, just the 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 entire initial path. But then also, I I ponder how much he's actually played against tank junglers as Ivern, because uh-huh. you can do a lot more creative routes, and especially with the lane matchups being the way that they were for him, he's never getting invaded. His lanes yeah. aren't going to be losing Pryo, and Ivern's not going to have a Sejuani appear inside of his jungle. And so he was taking such a conservative route, and the game just had nothing happen for so long, and the team composition is so off-kilter. And the other thing is that the NAR ends up working against it, its own team, which is just so weird. They, 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 they drafted themselves into a hole, and then in game number two, when Genji is showing Set Sejuani and Pantheon, Damwon who had initially opened Aphilios Talia, then elect to pick a Renekton. So it's another vacuum pick. Mm. And then after that, they elect to pick a Gnar. And uh, then they, they round it out with the Rakan, and that was a cacao notification. <laughs> so I just, you know. That's that's your time up bell. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, time's up bell. Um, but I, I do like that you bring up the, the second game because I don't think the, the Renekton pick was necessarily in a vacuum. It was more in like a 2v2 rather than anything else right so it's the like games are decided i know right so it's, it's, it's not so, in a it's so, not in a vacuum like i'm going to win my lane it's like i can offer talia very easy seismic shoves I, I love how terrible the perception is amongst pro players of like this renekton x combo where it's like yeah we can this synergy we can dive or something <laughs> <laughs> can well, you please go through all the games where where, the, where this combo exists and you think that it magically translates into a win because you're going to show up at 15 minutes with these two dog champions, <laughs> and they're not going to be doing anything, and this isn't solo queue. And if, you, if you're pro players that are so confident in your own abilities and your own skills, you shouldn't be tossing things up to chance. You shouldn't be having things that naturally have more variance uh, as being a part of them. And if the, if the other side of the coin is that, uh, that they are confident in their own abilities and thus to snowball the enemy lane, yeah. what is the opponents staring down the enemy team composition that is so obviously upfront and direct with what they're trying to achieve they're not idiots it, it's not that hard to to actually play around and so it always feels like yeah you have games where renekton x end up snowballing really hard one of the games that obviously comes to mind is um what was it was it skt mm. uh, before they were t1 versus what griffin 
There was the there was the Renekton mid lane, I think, and Elise jungle, I think, on 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 Clid. Yeah. And there's obviously a lot of world games, but then there's so many games where Elise can't do anything, and it doesn't matter that there's a Renekton there or or there's. But also games. the game the game has changed a lot since then as well, right? There's it's, no catch up experience, so Elise is much harder to play as the game goes on. Oh, if you're yeah, gonna that, be that's the other a thing too. More, and yeah, there's Spear no of Sojin's gone, Spear so Renekton has been largely. So why are, why are we still picking hamstrung? Renekton? Yeah, it's it's very very very. I strange. too like to bathe in feces, you know. So, <laughs> well, the the Darmon gaming like that draft worked for the first ten minutes. Like yeah. Rascal got camped, and he died like a couple of times, and they were successfully just, able to get this like this Talia Renekton comp working, and then well, it felt like it ticked over to ten minutes, and they're like, oh, uh, crap. Rascal, like, Rascal died because uh, what ended up happening? Talia ended up in. Oh invading. yeah, he ended up on their side Dude, of the map. For I some I don't even know what was going on. It was it was it was something else where it's a Talia invades play, and then you know? he's pushing up wave two and then wave two is arriving but his wave one isn't gonna crash and his wave two is not gonna crash. I don't know that that part of the game seemed very odd, but then as the game went on, Rascal actually played fantastically well. Like yeah, he died in, in the early yeah, game, yeah, but yeah, after but then, that but then, he dodged every gank because he has an R button. The the nature of mid lane set versus Renekton is that set has such close proximity to the turret. Yeah. But he's naturally going to end up being safer, but also the superplex ends up being so scary as an ability that you can you can pull them into turret and other stuff. But he ends up being and becoming very gank immune. And the other thing about these champions like Renekton and whatnot is they have to be several thousand gold ahead just to be slightly ahead. Yeah. And if they're even, they're awful. They're terrible. And it, they, they end up falling off a cliff. They end up decaying really quickly. And it's just so perplexing to see... I have no idea what's honestly going on inside of scrims, but I, I also have no idea what these teams think of when they when they go into a review and they actually look at the game. Do, do they really go into that and be like, ah, oh, we should have comboed or executed mechanically better here? Like, yeah, it's like this is going to th this is where the game was lost, you know. And they're actually looking at the game and not the draft. Um, I do want to like reference holistically uh, how the how the league has been going and sort of reference it back to what our top five uh, picks were because I think that we got things a little bit wrong. And a little bit right at the same time. So, as far as today is concerned, the rankings are Genji's in first place. Yes. Afrika and Dragonex are tied for second and third. T1 is there in fourth spot, being able to, to find some victories yeah. this week and get themselves back on track. And then Sandbox and Darmon are pretty close uh, alongside Griffin for, you know, that coveted fifth spot. Right. Hummelife are also there, but they didn't quite find themselves this week. So uh, a little bit upsetting. They did start off with a victory over T1, which was uh, surprising and heartening uh, for the squad, especially with their creative drafts, especially in uh, their third game, as uh, your phone is just what? going off at I the moment. I don't know. What was the bu 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 bumper? What does that one mean? That's, um, is that a text that's message? Someone, uh, that's a mutual on Twitter. Oh, that's cool. I don't. I don't have customized. You don't have customized sounds. My, yeah. my, my I phone's do on that. silent because I'm a professional. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but actually, looking at this, there have been a lot of surprises as far as like teams performing better or worse. But generally, we got the top five basically down. I think Sandbox are a little bit higher than I was expecting, and Darmon are way lower. Than I was expecting. I thought Darmon yeah. would have performed uh, a lot better than than they have so far. Um, KT also had like a couple of good games uh, last week, but uh, this week looked pretty hopeless in the telecom war. 
and uh, unfortunately are down the bottom alongside APK Prince, who uh, managed to pick up a couple of game wins. They did, and they almost got... I mean, they could have won last night. They should have won last night. They they absolutely could have last night, and that's so surprising. And I like that they've gone back to Ixu's Alawi instead of making him... Like, in the first week, he was picking... Aatrox Mordekaiser and just like trying to ride he was trying meta. to play straight up yeah and that's that's not that's not how you got here so you got here playing Volibear and Allowy <laughs> Volibear Allowy yeah that's what you gotta go back to my dude and I'm glad that he has and I felt like the uh, the games were a lot more competitive Griffin's an interesting one though man what's your what's your view on Tarzan uh, moving into week two do you reckon uh, he's stepped up do you reckon this is so, a, the Tarzan do you reckon we're more King or more George <laughs> so Tar yeah so <laughs> George of the Jungle or Tarzan <laughs> depends which one's going to show up. I think um, his Gragas. Uh, I mean, I think his, his Gragas play was really good. Yeah, it improved. And yeah, I, I think um, he was actually really on point yesterday for the most part, mm-hmm. and so that was really nice. But those games were, they were, they were something. It was it was like watching glue try to climb a mountain or something. <laughs> I'm not I'm not really sure what was going on in yeah. those games, but. A lot of it was also the byproduct of the drafts. Like they, they have these these misaligned champions in a lot of cases, and so when mid game ends up just being even, things are going to get very stale. No one seems to have an identity for what they want to do. Everyone just seems on different pages and stuff. And so, when you're a jungler, especially in the current meta, I feel like people don't understand this enough. I've I've talked about it so many times. If you're um if you're a jungler and your teammates are worse than the opponents, it can be really hard to stand out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, of course. the invert is not totally true. If you're a bad jungler, but your teammates are all much better than the opponents, you can you can look good. You can look completely fine, and you you can see this in like um, special events, or I mean, you can you can even see it some in some other regions and whatnot, or, or even just in solo queue. If if you're uh, if you're like a, a platinum jungler, but all your teammates are high diamond or master tier, you're going to be able to just farm your camps, go from point A to point B to point C. And because your laners are so much better, you have yeah. so much less pressure, you have so much more freedom, the enemy jungler is the one that's under duress. Because yeah, well, it feels like everything's on fire. Yeah, the onus is on them to make an actual decision. To, to then, somehow yeah. save the sinking ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The because enemy jungler is constantly... The Titanic is, is sinking. Because if your lanes are winning, the right play is to actually just farm your jungle. In, well... You know? Some people would have different, different trains of thought there, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, so. it's just that... You can argue that that's a good idea, which means you're actually just playing PvE. Like, you can just be a yeah. robot and just constantly farm your jungle yeah. so you don't actually necessarily need to be a fantastic player in order to do the right thing in and that the instance. other thing with jungle xp and what you're talking about it, it, it's so perplexing i was watching uh lec a couple of games yesterday mm-hmm. and some of the 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 jungle paths are just so it, it's it, it's just so nauseating to watch where it's like the laners lane states are completely fine the lanes are winning and yeah. the team outscales and yet the junglers are doing these coin flippy disturbing plays where it's like jungle XP sticks, there's no catch-up XP anymore. Yep. If you just farm your jungle and you counter match gank when your lanes are already winning, you're going to win the big team fight in mid-game. You don't need a, 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 a paltry 300 gold inside of laning phase. I get that it feels really nice, but your goal is to ultimately win. And in order to win... Yeah, are you talking about the uh, SK game last night versus XL? 
I, I just in general. Ah, because uh, I was going to ask you about that comp actually. They were playing the the Carthus Cassidan. Oh, that was that was. Uh, that and was, I saw the Cassidan. I was like, oh no, this is going to worry LS. You know, there there's were, there too was, much magic damage on a Carthus comp. No, well, the the magic damage um, is something that I would normally complain about, but that was a really good Cassidan spot. Yep. But the itemization, I mean, you, you had Trick first iteming Morello. And honestly, when I when I see that, I just want to stab my eyes. <laughs> Every single time, I, I get so hey, sick they, of it. The enemy and had I, a Yumi, I've gotten okay? to arguments um, in, in post-game lobbies or something, or like uh, even on career or something, um, where I'll ask a Karthus player, like, why did you first item Morello? And their argument is, oh, well, pros do it. And it's like, can you f***ing think, dude? <laughs> Holy sh! you failed kindergarten. Oh... And I, no, I, that just means that the pros, they, they have, there's an onus on these guys, it's, right? It's People look up it's to a, them. It's a math, it's, it's, it's a math problem. That's all that it is. It's just a math I problem. I like how we organically got to talking about Morello in the first I had topic. to weave Karthus in there. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somehow. Well, actually, the Karthus was my fault because I decided to bring up the LEC on an LCK. The funniest thing uh, is he's, he's the, he, so he's a little bit awkward in the sense that there is ways to properly rune and draft against him early. And yep. so even though he is, in some spots, the, the undisputed king of the jungle, in terms of there, there's no other jungler that can outpace him, outscale him, keep up with laners in, in the current meta the way that Karthus can. But um, it, 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 it can be a little awkward to find spots where he is really good. Mm -hmm. uh, because, again, runes like, uh, I think it's called Nullifying Orb. Yeah, it's insane against him. It, it's absolutely insane. If you're playing against Karthus and you, you have the option to either be primary Stork Tree or secondary Stork Tree, you just take Nullifying Orb and Requiem won't deal anything early on. And if you pair it with Hex Drinker then and you've oh, got a Karthus, Karthus that goes yeah, in like deal second damage. item Oblivion Orb and, or something like that and it really does ruin Right, and the, the other thing is when you're winning against a Karthus team composition, uh, what I see a lot of people do is they'll, they'll tend to just keep building their normal items, whereas if you just pick up one Hex Drinker and you're winning, right, it doesn't feel as good, but because you're already winning, you're already further ahead than you should normally be in That's in actually often the stage. best decision to make just is can't defensive do anything. items if you're ahead. He, he just can't do anything, and it feels so terrible. Mm. And you, you, can, you can see examples of this inside of solo queue, like high MMR games where, where Karthus is present, where even if Karthus is the only AP... If the mid top and AD are like losing, the enemy laners just build a hex drinker randomly. And the Karthus player just starts molding and he just wants to <laughs> rip his hair out. And it's like, my laners are so can incompetent. We, can we insert, like, we, I think we should insert like a clip from your stream, you know, oh, the Jesus. Karthus player molding. Can we Don't. have that? Uh, I, I really like Shocker as uh, actually released a video yesterday. It was like uh, losing to Shopkeeper or something. And oh, it was yeah. a video, I, it got number one on Reddit um, and it was really good. And I, didn't act, I missed that one. I should probably go check it out. Well, he missed out on four minutes, I think, to get to the 10-minute YouTube algorithm. So we're, uh, you know, a little unfortunate there. But on, Chakras, uh, I, think, I think it's still front page on Reddit uh, at, at the time of recording this. And it was really good. He goes through a lot of pro games, and he, like, points out problems with itemization mm -hmm. of pros. And um, it's, it's a really good video uh, series. So hopefully he ends up continuing, because I think he's done some series in the past that he ended up dropping it. I was going to do something like this. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to call it like Legendary Shopkeeper. I mean, you already do it. It's called the LCK Broadcast. Yeah. The, I mean, yeah. 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 I think we're fine. You know? Yeah. We've got the people, people. I mean, people still build Black Cleaver on set. So we, well, we got ways to go. It, in fact, got more popular. We had one Trinity Force, I think, in day one. They um, build Trinity Force. I think they build it in EU now. Mm hmm. Um, not sure. Like, 
it's just so weird. It, it's really just applicability and math questions, and it's so perplexing. And obviously, sometimes people will try to kind of argue this by saying that on paper something is way better, but yeah. then when you factor in how likely it is to work or function in a pro setting, it's just not it's not applicable. Yeah, I think you have to think about like item timings and and things like that as well, and like when compositions yeah. are gonna fight. And that's and stuff one of the like more that. common arguments like, with Black Cleaver. Yeah, and maybe Trinity Force is too expensive to get to at the right time, and therefore like the set isn't going to work in that instance. But there are so many comps that have been if, built around more like mid to late game, where you're you're going to easily games get to are Trinity going Force 30, 40 X, minutes. You know? Yes, and there there are so many uh, there there are so many spots where okay, what is really happening at 15, 14 minutes where you need Black Cleaver versus yeah. the Trinity Force components because we are talking about a very negligible amount of damage. Yeah. Champions at 13, 14, they do not have a lot of armor. And Set is not stacking the Black Cleaver on everyone. He's not applying it. But also, if we want to make that argument, the attack speed probably... I mean, this would be a math question I guess I'm interested in. It, the, the, the Triforce components might actually be really valuable in some spots over just the raw HP of Black Cleaver or the stack or something, because you're going to have the 20% CDR from yeah. uh, Sheen and Stinger. And I, I don't know, man. The, the, the only thing you're really giving up is utilizing mana efficiently, you know? So like you pay for, you know, mana that you don't use. Yes. But you give up some health in order to get some attack speed, the on hit that's that... Uh, the Sheen proc, which is just so valuable, but you keep the rage passive. You keep you, you the twenty percent well, CDR. You, like well, it's, you, the other thing, I, I saw someone make the argument um, that you know Set can just deal physical damage with his W or his Z and then get MS or something. Trinity Force comes with base MS. Yeah. So you already have the base MS, and then you keep the rage passive. And the other thing about it is Spellblade, the active from Trinity Force, is going to deal more damage than post combo set deals to the person after he shredded their armor in most mm. cases but the the other the other hilarious thing about set is if you're playing him right you're trying to hit him with haymaker which is true damage so, so the armor shred the armor doesn't anyway. it doesn't make any sense and because set is mostly single target because even if you superplex an opponent into other people you're hitting them with one stack or something. Yeah. Okay, we're yeah, not yeah. getting dream scenarios where you're getting uh, multi-man W, multi-man E, multi-man R. You'd and, have to, like, face like breaker an entire team it, after... It is so uh, ridiculous. Yeah, Showstoppering so, into the back line. Itemization is just so nauseating, man. It's, uh, it's a bit strange. So, it's been largely sad so far. We've been disappointed in a lot of the item builds, a lot of the drafts, which I think a lot of you, if you've been watching the LCK you would understand. So I want to go to some happy news. Carrier is an absolute monster. Holy crap. This support player for Dragon X makes me so excited. His pike was the best that we've seen so far. Yeah. He's like absolutely adorable. You saw his MVP interview alongside Deft after their 2-0 win. And the alpaca looked so proud <laughs> next to his... Uh, man, Carrier is so young and uh, makes me feel even more like a boomer than I already was. But his play alongside Dragon X was almost depressingly good because Hanwalt had the first Trindamir game of 2020 spring and it straight up didn't work because they just got entirely oh, yeah. ba outplayed. Balling got completely blown open. Yeah. Um, even after uh, the 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 pipe. I mean, even even after Kyria initially died underneath yeah, he, the turret, he gave up first blood and then hard carried a game. Yeah. Which I think for a young player 
is even more impressive, right? Because a lot of these young players are very volatile emotionally. Yep. And Kerry was like, instead of getting down on himself, he decided to instead get revenge against his opponents. Yep. And it worked beautifully well. His first two-man um, flash stun in the bottom lane to get a double kill after that uh, initial first blood was just beautiful. Hopefully we've got some some footage of that to show you. Uh, and apologies to the audio listeners, but I just needed to bring that one up because... Mm -hmm. He was super good. Deft's been playing uh, as consistently as ever. Uh, Chovy doing the same thing. They're still picking Nautilus in weird spots, but we saw in their last game against Hanwha, the Nautilus pick worked really, really well. Yeah, Chovy, Chovy's had some really good games. I mean, I, yeah. I've been very vocal that I, I've thought he's the best mid. He was in auto-canceling on Nautilus in this like really beautiful, clean <clears throat> way. Like His combos on Nautilus are getting like... Like, the, the W on hit damage is, like, hyper-relevant. Often we talk about Titan's Wrath as this ability that, like, you get a shield so you're more tanky. No, 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 no. Like, that, that ability does damage and mm -hmm. big damage in the beginning of the game if, uh, you know, players don't have a lot of magic resist. And he was getting the maximum. Um, otherwise, I think, we're, I think we're pretty much good, right? Um, is there any upcoming matches that you're looking forward to? I think um, my match to look forward to is going to be on... Sunday, yeah, but Sunday. by the time this podcast comes out, you will have already seen it. So, what do you? What is your prediction for Gen G versus T One? And that let's look really stupid together when we're both wrong, and it's like actually the time afterwards, and so we look really dumb. Who do you think's gonna? I, I think if if T One wins drafts, they win. Mm -hmm. But if they don't, then then they're not. It's not, not going to be good. Right. So they're currently one out of eight. They're one out of eight. That's a good ratio. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, they're five. They're, they're five out of eight as far as victories, but they're one out of eight as far as drafts. Exactly. So that's going to make things a little bit rough. I think that uh, Gen G played really, really well yesterday. T1 also with their two zero over KT that looked not close mm -hmm. in any way. I think it's just going to be a really, uh, yeah. really fun matchup. I think Gen G slightly has the edge. Because uh, I think they've been a little bit cleaner when it comes to their ideas. Yeah, Genji has just been yeah very 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 clean. Yeah, and th th they've had a lot of cohesion with themselves, and so it's definitely as time is going on in the LCK, they're definitely looking better. Yeah, and their win ratio is so far better, so the yeah. stats don't lie. But we uh, we do have to go because uh, of course we have been rambling. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, you can follow LS on LSXYZ9 on Twitter. I am atlas tv on twitter i don't have an xyz maybe i should add that it could be my new thing i tried to buy ls and i know person, we've had we had this I conversation know, last she episode. wouldn't sell it to me and now she changed it to something else and i can't get ls anymore. i know you can't because you can't have two digits it's just not going to be a thing unless twitter i feel gives like we're just going to talk about this we're not every verified time. i oh you're verified i'm not verified you're not why don't you just apply for it i i have they rejected me three times wow that's super weird all right well maybe you can now Maybe now that you can use the best lol Twitter user 2019. Exactly. You won an award and you don't even have the I don't even know what's going badge. on. Uh, in fact, you should just cite that Twitter poll to Twitter <laughs> I and know, say, I actually verify should. me, damn it. <laughs> 105,000 votes. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, we are still working on getting the, uh, the, what is it? The mailbox for feedback and things yeah. like that. We should have that as, what the heck I is this? <laughs> Read it. Um, My producer, everyone. 
What happened? We're going here? to have a, a Twitter for Pogstate. Pogstate does have a Twitter. I didn't know whether it was working, but apparently we do. We've got the Twitter's working. This Great. is really high production value, isn't it? This, this is, is a really good. Do you know what I assume is going to happen? I assume Ian's going to edit this moment to make it look really good. Anyway, that is going to do it uh, for us for this episode. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. Remember, you can find this on Spotify, on uh, Stitcher for the audio version. If you guys have been here just for the video version and for you audio listeners out there, it is also up on YouTube with all of its fun, fancy edits and fun stuff. So uh, you've uh, had more of the content if you're listening pure audio, but if you're watching just the video, you've got the extra fun stuff and Ian having a good time editing our show. So uh, I don't know, maybe you just want to listen to both of them, watch both of them, I don't know. Damn it, listen to one and watch the other. Cut, mm-hmm. we can cut this out uh, Ian's going to help me uh, alright thank you so much for watching guys and we'll see you for the next episode in a couple of weeks